Hello, good morning or good evening, however you are listening, wherever you are listening. Uh, thank you very much then for downloading this podcast of our Southampton versus Chelsea big match build-up show. Now, quite a few things to cover in this week's build-up show. We are joined by the irreverent favourites of ours, sweary blogger Glenda Lacour from the League 1-10 blog, often appearing uh, on very much a few other podcasts and been on our show earlier uh, sort of in the year and across our review show. So always good to speak to Glenn once again and we'll be talking Tottenham and why we haven't taken our chances against 10 men and of course uh, a popular opinion around social media that it has been square pegs in round holes. So what do we got to do then to get it right this Sunday and what have we got to do to get off the mark with a win at home for the first time this season? And just a word of warning then, I guess most of this show, in fact, it has been taken from our live YouTube video. So there'll be a few comments. We'll be taking your questions along the way. And I've only noticed it after I have edited or in fact, the show has been uploaded to YouTube. I sound like James Earl Jones, you know, the, uh, the Star Wars actor with the uh, recognizable voice. So uh, my apologies. I'll try and fix it. But uh uh, for this week only, uh, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be James L. Jones. We are live on YouTube once again. Do get your comments in live to us. Glenda LaCour from the League One. I better shut myself down in that other window, otherwise there isn't an echo. But, Glenn, really good to speak to you. Uh, the League One top, League One minus ten blog, uh, everyone's favourite sweary blogger. Uh, we're live on YouTube, so please don't fucking swear. I'll try not, <laughs> not, to, not to swear. I, 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 I'll try and keep my account below yours. If I do that, I'll <laughs> we'll try and get some people in the comments. Uh, send us your questions, predictions, lineups, anything you want. Hopefully, we'll get some of you, and we'll put your your uh, some of the best comments on screen, and we will be. Uh, I guess, answering your questions. Right, firstly, uh, there's a drink in your hand, Glenn. Tell us what it is. Uh, it's very exciting. It's water. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's water, but the cup's interesting. It's England-Australia, the final test at the Oval in 2013, I believe, when we lost lost the game but won the Ashes. Oh. <laughs> well, at least, some, at least some happy memories from that um, from that test series, uh, you know, sort of the <laughs> damp squib in the end earlier in the summer. But for those at home uh, interested in what I'm drinking right now, I picked up this organic uh, beer from Sainsbury's, a bootleg booch. Ever heard of it? It's quite a bit too much ginger for my liking, too much Paul Skulls in the bottle. Uh, but there we go. Right, Glenn, let's talk Tottenham first and foremost. Uh, right, I mean, 2-1 uh, in the end, I guess, suppose two Saints won. Um, let's start then, I guess, when the, the lineups were announced at 2 o'clock uh, that Saturday afternoon. Cedric was injured. Uh, for those listening on the podcast, I'm raising my fingers up here like quotation marks. Vestergaard replaces him. Uh, different shape it was. And then I guess, I mean, I think a lot of us were even speaking just before the game, you know, we wanted sort of square pegs and square holes, round holes and round pegs, that sort of thing. But the formation of shape was good at two o'clock. We had pieces that fit. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really get what was going on. I mean, I think Cedric genuinely was injured, as has been sort of borne out today by the press conference. He's not going to be, uh, he's not going to be playing on Sunday. But uh, yeah, the decision to um, not put Jan Valerie in and to try and be clever and change the shape and put Vestergaard in was, it just went wrong for all sorts of reasons. Um, 
I worry about what it does to Jan Valerie's confidence, um, not being considered a, a like for like replacement. Um, I've, I've already sort of like put this opinion out there that, you know, last year Valerie was the poster boy for the, if you're good enough, we'll put you in. And we put young, you know, Ralph put youngsters in and they, and, and in his case, he certainly proved he was good enough. So something's obviously gone on between now and now and uh, the start of this season uh, for Ralph not to think he's good enough. Um, and the problem that caused was that it threw James Ward-Prowse under the bus because he had to try and mark Son, who's one of the best wide players in the Premier League. He had to try and mark him and uh, Son went in dry, basically. It was just horrible, horrible from the first whistle. Um, it was obvious that was going to happen. And and Mr Vestergaard, who is, is badly struggling at the moment, um, they just, the, the good teams, when you play them away from home, they will exploit the fact that he is so slow. They will play the ball behind him on that left-hand channel and force him to turn and run at things. And his contribution to the uh, the second Spurs goal was horrible. Um, you know, went up for the header with Kane. He's six foot six, didn't win it. Um, he didn't clear Kane out either. Kane spun round and ended up scoring the goal. So I, it was just... It was just horrible, and that that side of things backfired. So I don't know. Ralph was trying to be clever and change, you know, change the formation, having seen the Tottenham team. But for me, it didn't really work. I mean, it poses more questions than answers, really, isn't it? I mean, Cedric has, has since been pictured on Twitter with his leg in a sort of strap, if you like, that what can only be cleanly described as almost it's like a blood pressure monitor. But I can leave it to your imagination to think of other things. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise it was this court, this this sort of show. To be honest, I all sorts of stuff as to what he uh, what he does in his spare time with his uh, with his uh, elastic sock. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been it's been said it's a calf injury. It looks like it. I don't see why Cedric would be you know um, throwing a sickie for want of a better phrase because mm. he's just got back in the team. He's playing reasonably well. He's coming off the back of the. The Portsmouth game, where everyone thinks he's a hero, sort of thing. So, uh, so why do that? I think it. I think it's. I think it's genuine. I think Ralph's comments about not really knowing what would go, what was going on. I think that's that's more to do with the with the build up to the game and all the all the things that must be going on in the changing room half an hour before the kick off and whatnot. So, yeah. Now I've got no. Uh, I've got no no belief in the conspiracy theories around that one, but uh, I just think, uh, yeah, Ralph got it slightly wrong. Uh, with the uh, with the way he reacted to it, and it is a bit of a shame, really. As you say, Cedric has p- uh, sort of pick up a bit of form, scored a goal down at Fratton Park, uh, you know, a sort of week or so ago as well. But uh, I mean, what has Jan Valerie said to upset Ralph recently? As you say, you know, he was the breakthrough star of last season. Can't get a sniff at the moment. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether he plays on Sunday, um, because if he doesn't, then we're gonna we're gonna have either War Prowse there, who's proven to be hopeless and we're playing another good team in Chelsea um, or we're going to have Danzo over there hopeless in the full back position it's just not his position um, or we're, you know we're going to have some other player playing out of position uh, the, maybe Yoshida will play over there you know mm-hmm. who knows but the the obvious answer is to play Valerie and unless he's carrying a knock that no one's talking about but then if he's carrying a knock why is he on the bench Um I, I just really hope that you know, come whenever kickoff is two o'clock on uh, two o'clock on Sunday, that uh, the Valerie is in the team. Um, but as for what he's done and why he's fallen out of favour, who knows? 
Mm. I mean, you could be said that Spurs were almost sort of a, a, a they, they sort of um, they found out. Obviously, Cedric uh, will not be playing in, in on on Saturday's game after the warm ups, and and they targeted that right back position, didn't they? Sort of a handful of unsuccessful attempts before eventually it did happen. As you say, Son, I think what it is, he, he draws the defenders away. One of which was Vestergaard. You've got to say he prods it across to Ndombele, who smashes it home. And what was your impression of Angus Gunn in, in the sticks at that point? Oh, oh no, that <laughs> oh, was horrible. Um, initially, before I saw the deflection, I thought he's done the exact opposite of making himself big. He's kind of curled up in a ball and done some sort of, you know, he's just fallen over backwards, really. And the, the ball's only gone in about three quarters of the way up the goal. So what the hell is that about? When you saw the second or third replay, you saw the very slight flick off of, uh, I think it was Bednarek. But either way, I feel like he should have saved it. I feel like McCarthy would have saved that. He'd have stood up taller. It might have hit him in the face, but he would have saved it. And I, I also think Fraser Forster would have saved that because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have reacted, and the ball would have just hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, the Fraser Forster guide to goalkeeping in his uh, latter latter few months at Saints. Just stand there and be big, and hope it hits you. Mm. Um, so I don't think Gunn was impressive um, on the on that goal. Couldn't do anything about the second one. But I've I've not been particularly impressed with him this season. He, he's had the odd good game where you know he's kept a clean sheet when he didn't really have a great deal to do. I think the Man United game he played quite well, but he he worries me. He still doesn't have the presence to be a you know a first choice goalkeeper. And you know give him two or three years, and it, and it'll it'll be fine. I'm sure if he you know if he keeps getting better. But at the moment, I I. I've strongly felt for a long time that McCarthy should be our number one goalkeeper. Um, and after the game at, at Fratton Park, I know we've got to take into account the absolutely in dreadful opposition, but he's still, one all. you know, yes, yeah, sorry. He's still, um, you know, at the end of the day, in goal, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. He pulled off two really good saves and just had this authority and calmness about him that I don't see from, from, uh, from Angus Gunn. Mm. Uh, I think a long way to go for Angus and um, still, I guess, in yeah. his infancy as a, as a goalkeeper. Still, how old is he? 22, 23 years old. So still a long yeah. way to go. You can't be too harsh on him. Uh, but, it, you know, it's about winning games of Premier League football. So you don't play the youngster just because he's the youngster. He's got to be better than the more experienced guy that he's keeping out of the team. It's... It's like the argument with, I don't know, Danzo and Yoshida, for example. You may say play Danzo because he's 20 and he's up and coming and we've got him on loan and whatnot. But at the moment, Yoshida's the better option. So even though he's 30 or 31, whatever he is, he's the one who deserves to play. Mm. And Danzo was obviously brought in for a reason, but I guess we'll get to the team lineups in a moment. And great to see comments from, uh, well, aptly named sort of Saints on, on YouTube on, on our comments just there. He wants to see Danzo in the centre of defence as well. But let's just keep it to Tottenham for just a moment, though. Um, just shortly after we go 1-0 down, we do pull one back, though. Danny Inns, once again, a tenacious sort of run, a burst, uh, closing down the goalkeeper. A calamitous error has to be said by Hugo Lloris, a decision to Cruyff turn in his own six-yard box. And this is the second goal of, of, of that sort of nature that Ings has scored this season. Lloris will be having nightmares. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem to, um, he doesn't seem to learn, does he? I mean, he, he basically did it in the World Cup final, didn't he? You know, the biggest, the biggest game of football you're ever going to play in. And he, he gave the ball straight to, I think it was Mandzukic, wasn't it, who, who scored. But, um, I mean, what, what I took from Ings' 
goal was yes, he Larice was an idiot and doing a Cruyff turn just made him look look absolutely stupid. But goalkeepers are encouraged to play that way these days. Um, but what I took from it really was Danny Ings' movement. It was mm. you know slow dog, then speeded up, then sprinted in, and and Larice was like totally caught out. And it, it's obviously had a he had a complete complete brain fart. I mean. I don't. I don't get it sometimes when goalkeepers get themselves into trouble. Just, just knock it off for a corner. It's better than losing the ball in front of your goal. You know, just tap it wide of the post or something, or do anything. But yeah, don't do a cross turn. Memories of Arta Boric at, uh, at the Emirates doing that. Mm. Uh, yeah, not not good. But uh, no, good good goal for Danny Ings, and he deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. And off the back of two goals down at Frat Park, we'll never let him forget those. And I'm sure we won't ever forget them either as well. But, and, you know, for that, at that time, we're, we sort of get a bit of momentum in the game, don't we? Sort of, and, and just shortly after that, it was a red card to Aurier. No protest for his first offence, clattering straight through the uh, the winger, I think it was. Uh, and, and Spurs might have felt a little bit hard done by as they were protesting as the ball sort of appeared to maybe have gone out of play. But it's the uh, age-old sort of saying, isn't it? You know, play to the whistle. But, you know, Bertrand, Bertrand was quite smart there. Maybe he went down a little bit too softly. Um, yeah, I'd say he went down a little bit. He felt the contact and went down, didn't he? Mm. Um, you'd, be, uh, you'd be fuming if uh, another player did that to us. But, but we're doing it, so it's all right, I guess. Uh, yeah. we're, all, we're all massive when it comes to that. <laughs> I mean, but I, was, I was thinking the other day, I was watching Man United be dreadful on, on, on TV the other day. And... Uh, do you remember the game up at Old Trafford last year where Bertrand got the wrong side of Ashley Young twice? Mm. Young twice clearly pulled him back. Bertrand went down, didn't get given anything. Um, so, yeah, it did, it did put me in mind in that. And I, I, I was surprised that the card came out for that. I thought they'd find a way. I thought the referee would find a way somehow to, um, to, to you know, to, to not give the second yellow. But at the end of the day, Aurier is an idiot. Mm. He, he is, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some footage of him in the game they lost seven two to Bayern Munich. He, 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 it's one of those ones where he looks like he's trying to jump over the player, but he kind of makes sure that he lands on him two footed. It's just ridiculous. He's he's a total loose cannon, and I I don't know what he's doing, playing for what is a semi, you know, a, a, one of the more decent clubs in the Premier League. He's just he's just not got the mentality to do it. I don't don't understand it at all. So he's an idiot, and basically, if he hadn't got sent off for that incident, he'd have got sent off for something else five minutes later. He's, he's, he was going, he was going on yeah. uh, Saturday, whenever it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, at, at, at that point as well, you, you've got to say we, we had to take our advantage. We, you know, obviously with a numerical advantage, we didn't take it for the rest of the field. You know, uh, just shortly after red card, Spurs eventually get the ball back at our, in our defence. Our defenders are at sixes and sevens. It falls to Kane of all people. You can't leave that much time and space for him to fire at home. No, um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Vestergaard should have won a header in midfield, and he didn't get off the ground because he's too big. Um, got beaten by Kane. I think it went to Ericsson and then to Son. The cross came in, and Kane's in the middle, unmarked. Mm. Um, it's we're not good at the kind of scramble defense, which is which is not good at it. We don't pick up players. We 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 sort of funnel back, but we don't really do the things you have to do. If you mark the players, they can't score, and we don't seem to do that. When and we get bodies back, but you know the the guy the guy was clever enough to find him find himself some space and, and scored easily. And that 
you know, that turned out to be the winner. And you, you could tell that was going to make it make the second half very difficult, even though we would have a man advantage. Yeah, and for all our possession that second half, dominating every statistic uh, apart from the one that matters ultimately. Yeah, well, statistics don't mean anything, do they? I mean, Spurs, Spurs didn't need to attack and they didn't bother attacking, really. Um, you know, the odd break they put together, they were content to let us have the ball and, um, you know, Ralph didn't have a great time with the substitutions either. They, they should have been made a lot earlier. I mean, we had three centre-backs on the pitch and Romeo and... Let's face it, none of them are going to score or play a def- defence splitting pass or anything like that. So, mm. so it was comfortable for Spurs. They just, you know, let those four have the ball, didn't even bother marking them. Marked the dangerous players like Buffal and Redmond. And, you know, and they were, they were, they must have been, as a Spurs fan in the ground, you, you must have been quite confident that Saints were not going to score. We created two opportunities from a set, pe- uh, set pieces, from a corner and a free kick, and that was it. Mm. So, from open play, you know, we, we've created nothing in 60 minutes or whatever it was against 10 men. Yeah. Um, disappointing once again, um, not taking our chances too. Uh, hello, Lemon Plays, who has been uh, commenting on the YouTube thing. There you are. There is your comments on screen. Hello, Lemon Plays. Good to see you again. Hello. You, were here for, you, you were here for the last live show as well. Good to see you once again. But we better get on to Chelsea then, Glenn. Uh, just sort of brush the Tottenham game under the carpet a little bit. And um, Chelsea... They come to St Mary's. And, I mean, we haven't won at home this season. When, At what point do we start to worry about that sort of form? Um, when we play a couple more of the non-top six sides and we still haven't yeah. won. Um, I, I think we're capable of winning this game on Sunday. Um, I, you know, we, we do need to get a point. But at the end of the day, like the Spurs game, if we get beat, it will be a defeat against a team that we know is going to finish above us and it won't be a season-defining thing. You know, if we play Newcastle at home and get beat then or don't win, then it's a, it's a different story. Chelsea, after a, a dodgy opening couple of weeks, um, they, they are looking like a team that is, you know, going to be very close to the top four. They're, they look, they're looking better nick than Tottenham and then better nick than Man United. They'll be challenging, you know. They'll they're not as good as the, the you know the big two. We know that, mm. um, but they they're looking a good bet for sort of like third or fourth place. So they're, they're going to be a good side on the, on Sunday, and it's um, it's a fair play to Lampard. He's uh, you know he's changed quite a few of the players, and uh, they're beginning to gel together well. Yeah, I mean, at the start of the season, you would have said this is probably the best chance for a team to break into the top six. You've got two vastly inexperienced managers in Frank Lampard, who's uh, you know only had that senior position with Derby County last season, and obviously Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Man United as well. But Frank Lampard, he has brought a sort of a, a fresh impetus to the Chelsea side this season, and all in part, I guess, to their transfer embargo. No other choice but to field their younger side. Yeah, a, li- a little bit. I mean, a lot's been made of this transfer embargo, but they they still they still flouted it as much as they possibly could and as soon as they possibly could when it turns out that they could sign Kovacic who they had on loan last year. Mm. So when they say we're playing all the young players, you know, it, yes and no. Um, I, I think what's been impressive is that a lot of the players that they had out on loan, like Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham, um, I've seen Abraham play for is it Villa and for Swansea and yeah. I never thought he was, I, I never thought he was going to, you know, make it at Chelsea. But fair play to him, he stuck him in the team and he scored six or seven goals already. And you, 
you, you can't help but, but admire that. And that's the difference between Chelsea and Man United. Chelsea can bring in players like Abraham, Mason Mount, Tamori, and they're decent. You know, they. I always used to hate the fact that Chelsea had 65 players out on loan or whatever it was, but these players look ready to play in the Premier League, whereas your Man United to this world are, are putting on kids like, uh, what's his name? Um, Greenwood. Swansea, um, and Greenwood. And they they still look like kids. You mm. know, they look like they're ready to to have a, a you know an impact at the top end of the Premier League. But mm. from what I've seen of Chelsea so far, which is which is not a lot, he, he seems to be sort of blending that team together really well with a good mix of what they had before. And don't, don't forget, Hazard was at times, and especially against us, was a one-man team. Um, he always scored against us. He was always brilliant against us. And, you know, he's gone and they, they've managed to sort of like find a way of, of, um, of winning games now without him. Um, so, fair play to him. And, of course, yeah, I mean, Giroud. Giroud's not playing. He always scores against us as well. So, so uh, yeah, maybe we will get something. Well, there's two players that scored, I think, in the 3-0 defeat last season, Hazard and Giroud. As I say, Giroud always finds a way of scoring against us. Where has he gone now? I don't care. Um, but uh, a pantomime figure, we will be uh, booing, hissing, throwing tomatoes, all sorts of things at Mason Mount, a lad that's born down the road to Portsmouth uh, uh, in a PO postcode. What have you made of him so far? And what, what sort of stick will you be giving him on Sunday? Me? Um, to be honest, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know he was from Portsmouth until someone pointed it out about a week ago. Um, no, I can't be bothered with all that. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless, he, unless he comes out pre-match and gives it gives it the big one, but um, but I don't think he's I don't think he's going to do that. He looks like a very good player, and he, he seems to be one of those ones that's earmarked for you know he's good, he's obviously going to be fast tracked into the uh, to the England side. Well, he has um, been, hasn't he? He's been called up yeah, once again this week already. And, Whilst I, I don't agree with a player who's only played four or five games or whatever, you know, in the Premier League being uh, being fast-tracked to the England side, he's obviously got something about him. You know, he, he looks like a good player. He looks very slight, so I do I do wonder if um, if physically he could uh, he could struggle a bit if someone uh, really marks him closely, shall we mm. say? But um, not too much of that goes on these days. It's not like the good old days people got kicked up in the air. Um, well, let's hope the Pitbull Romeo uh, is, has got his number on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully someone uh, someone manages to rattle him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, he, he's good. And he, he's coming into a side, you know, he's in midfield. He's got Kovacic next to him. He's got uh, Kante, Jorginho. These are good players. Mm. So the pressure's probably, not, you know, the pressure's not on him to run the game sort of thing. So, you know, he's got others he can... He can uh, he can rely on if he's uh, if he's not quite on it. So no, I think he's he's going to do he's going to do well. And the, the fact he's from Portsmouth is uh, is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, I mean, look, Chelsea they, they have been somewhat inconsistent this season as well. I mean, especially that start. But they have, as you said, they've sort of kicked on since then. But scored five away from home at Wolverhampton a couple of weeks ago. So maybe something to yeah. fear there in in their inconsistency. But we've got to try and take um, advantage of this situation with yeah. our home support. How do we do that? I think there'll be a. <laughs> We talk about the you know the round pegs and round holes. I think a lot of people will be on a bit of a downer if we turn up and we've got Ward-Prowse playing at right back again. Mm. Um, so, so it would, it would help to have. I, I can't. I know. I know they're rubbish. I've said this before, but we when we saw the lineup for the game against Portsmouth, 
you just saw, great, 4-3-3, you can tell where everyone's going to play. And we actually looked like an organised team. For the first time this season, we actually looked like a properly organised team. And to be honest, after a whole pre-season with Ralph, this is what I expected. I expected us to, everyone to know their role and look, you know, and that for the team to look decent. And we, we haven't really done it until we got going. In, in the game against Portsmouth. And I, I was hoping that was going to be the end of the uh, of the bizarre George Burley when he's been drinking um, experimentation that <laughs> uh, we were seeing. Um, so, you know, the right players in the right positions would be good. Whether we play, you know, I hope we play four at the back. I, I, we, I don't, because we play five at the back, that means Vestergaard's going to play again, mm. which... And, he struggles if the game gets strung out at all because of his lack of pace. So, you know, I hope they go back for Bertrand, Valerie, Yoshida, Bednarek, and just, you know, normal three in midfield and then three strikers. So mm. I think picking the right team or picking a sent, you know, what on paper is a sensible team uh, will we'll go a long way. And we've got to start, we've got to start a bit quicker. You know, we've been a bit slow in a majority of games this season. Be nice to get an early goal, wouldn't it? Well, I um, think the Tottenham game was the first time we've scored in the first half this season. Yeah, and we needed the goalkeeper playing silly buggers to do that. So, uh-huh. yeah, we yeah we do need to get on the front foot early. Um, and War Prowse is massively important in this game because of the, you know, Chelsea do have a weakness on set pieces. That's been highlighted already. Um, I don't know if you saw the Liverpool game and Firmino had a free header from five yards. It's, mm. it's that sort of thing. Um, Tomori, the new lad, I don't, you know, he's very quick. But I don't think he's the biggest. So they're not dominant in the air. I mean, you, you used to be against Chelsea when John Terry was playing. You might as well not even bother crossing the free kick because you knew he was going to get his head on it. Mm. Um, so we do have to, we can't have corners in the first man or, you know, or just picking out the goalkeeper with crosses. We We've got to be that's going to be a major area for us to uh, to have a chance of uh, getting something out of this game. Set pieces are key, I think, and and we know we know the the quality of War Prowse's deliveries, but again, it is a case of sort of always hitting the first man as well. But I mean, I spoke to a Chelsea fan earlier this week uh, for a radio show. Actually, for those that are listening and, and watching along on on the on YouTube now, you can tune in tomorrow morning uh, on Voice FM one hundred three point nine, uh, where we sort of talk to a Chelsea fan, and he he's, he's highlighted some weaknesses actually for uh, for Chelsea. Um, depending on what shape they sort of line up with uh, on Sunday, he could say that Marcus Alonso, the left back, uh, he's not a left wing back. Uh, in fact, he's not a left back. He's a, he's a left wing back. That is the area yeah. that we should be highlighting uh, and targeting, uh, especially with the pace and skill, skill from uh, Buffalo or Redmond. Yeah. Now, again, this is where we have to pick the right player to play against him. Because if he plays more Prowse, you know, if he plays his four-two-two-two formation, plays War Prowse on the right, mm. that, you know, that's not going to take advantage of the fact that Alonso is not a great defender. You probably need your quickest player over there. So that's probably no to Redmond, you know, get, get him playing that right-hand side. Uh, yeah, Alonso is, is not a defender. He's, you know, he's very good going forward, but he's, he's not a defender. So you have to look for that space behind him. It's a bit like when we play, you know, we had that game at Sheffield and we played Gineppo at left back. As soon as, Sheffield United realised that, hang on, this guy's a winger, he's not a fullback. They just kept playing the ball into the channel behind him. And, mm. you know, we have to look to, to do that um, 
with Alonso. I mean, he's not totally naive defensively, but he's he's got a mistake in him. And uh, I still can't get over that game. Was it last year when he stamped on Shane Long or the year after? Year oh, before, yeah, I remember that was nasty. Yeah, you know, he's a he's got a bit about him, a bit of a nasty character as well. So uh, I know their um, their other left back is injured, so Alonso is going to be playing. So yeah, we do have to take advantage of that. Mm. Um, well, there's a comment here actually from uh, from Saints once again. Uh, I think we need to be a bit more selfish in the approach going forward. So, and I think what it is, well, we need to highlight that we've 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 had all this possession at Tottenham, you know, last weekend, but we didn't up, up sort of be clinical enough in that final third of the pitch and we've got to take more risk and take more shots. That's why, that's how we're going to score more goals. Yeah, it worries me slightly about our attacking play. We're very focused on winning the ball off the opposition and, you know, high up and then, you know, getting a shot away within five seconds or whatever. That seems to be our game plan. We, we don't seem to have any sort of plan when you get a situation where we've actually got possession in our own half, sort of like building through the building through the lines and getting the ball to the to the forward so they can get shots off. We don't seem to be terribly good at that. Um, but yeah, you do need to uh, buy tickets to win raffles. So we need yeah. to, uh, we do need to have a, have a few shots from, uh, from decent positions, but I, I don't see us passing up too many opportunities to shoot. But what I do see is, is some, is sometimes a, a kind of cluelessness about our attacking play where we get to 25 yards out and they just don't know what to do. Mm. Uh, and actually, good, good comment here from Tam once again, joining us on the live stream. And we should not try to score the perfect goal. Try to shoot and test the goalkeeper with long shots, as we're sort of saying. Sort of saying uh, get your shot away. Uh, you know, there's no harm in trying. Who knows that we might even get a Massimo Taibi uh, episode once again. Mami and Bahas all those years ago. Yeah, you got you got. No, sorry, it was Matt Letizia, wasn't it? Not Mario Bahas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you got to be you got to be sensible with your long shots. I mean. If you remember, was it last year? Gaviadini tried a couple from, you know, halfway near the gas holders, and it was just ridiculous. He was trying from fifty yards. And, you know, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's Rose there. That's no good. But um, and what was the, the last time game where Ward Prowse had three shots on the edge of the box that flew over the bar? Mm. So you know, you practice that in training, get the damn thing on target. It's just a. Uh, there's a bit of a lack of conviction with our shooting sometimes. It's like they don't expect to score and then they hit it too hard and it flies over the bar. And it's, you know, it, it's something that you would think could be easily enough fixed in training. But uh, we shall see. I think Prowse had probably been watching too much of the Rugby World Cup that week. But uh, uh, good to see John as well joining us from Queensland at six o'clock in the morning. I uh, hope you're enjoying your coffee or whatever you're having with it. Uh, it is, well, it'd be Saturday morning down there, wouldn't it? Uh, it's uh, good, but good to see you on the stream. All right, uh, but we'll be wrapping up then in just a moment, Simon. Uh, uh, but, uh, Glenn, you, you've sort of teased us mostly with your lineup, uh, but just finish it off with the three up front. You've, you've named sort of Gunning, Goal, uh, what did you say, uh, Valerie? No, no. Now you go Mo Okay. Yeah, I'll go McCarthy and Goal is fit. Um, yeah, uh, Yoshida and Benreg, uh, Bertrand and Valerie. Obviously, um, Hoiberg, Romeo, Will Prowse in midfield, three up top. I'd go Danny Ings, Redmond on the right, Buffal on the left, um, Chay Adams on the bench. I, mm. I don't get the logic of him not even being on the bench last week, but um, what have you made yeah, of that then like, this week? Ralph has said that he's he, he was sort of due a rest, but he's a, he's yeah, a young he's, lad, you know, he can play twice a week, yeah. I, 
due rest, I think he, I think he needed a break. I think it was all getting a bit too much for him, uh, too much for him. So, but to me, if a striker sits on the bench for seventy minutes, he's got twenty minutes against tiring defenders when he's fully fresh. That, that to me is what Adams needs to do for a little bit is to, you know, to be a substitute, come on somewhere in the last half an hour, and try and make an impact in exactly the same way that Obafemi and Shane Long didn't last week. Um, mm. So yeah, that. I think I see that role for um, for uh, Shay Adams this week, um, and uh, but hopefully the, uh, the the three up front will uh, will cause enough problems for Chelsea that we won't need him. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, let's wrap it up then with score predictions. Uh, tell us your score predictions in the comments before we go. I'm going to kick things off then. Uh, obviously, I think Chelsea are coming to St Mary's as a little, little favourites. So they're scoring lots of goals for fun recently as well, and I think it's. But to be honest, having said that, I think it'd be a lot closer than much uh, many people will think. Uh, so I will go for. Uh, do you know what? I'll take a point here. One-one. Yeah, I've I've already I've already lodged a prediction somewhere else. I'm going to go. For, so I'll I'll repeat that and go for uh, two all. I think there's going to be goals. Um, their strengths are in attack, and their weaknesses are in defence. I mean, I I happen to think you know we're a lot better going forward than we have the we have the calamities at the back. So I I think it will be. Uh, I think uh, it would surprise me if it's a if it's a two all draw, but it also wouldn't surprise me if I'm completely wrong because I'm absolutely rubbish at predicting. Aren't we all? But there's a comment here from Saints 2 2. Uh, thickly spread has said 1 uh, 0 to Chelsea, unfortunately. Dean has said 2 1 with a late Adams winner. And I think that's exactly what Shane needs nice. to kick on. But uh, before we go, then, Glenn, uh, we love your sweary, irreverent blog, uh, blog. Just a reminder how we can catch up you and now sort of a regular panelist on the Total Saints podcast. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm turning into a podcast whore. I, uh, yeah, whoever offers me the most money, um, no one's <laughs> No one's offered any yet at all, so you're you're all drawing. It's uh, zero pence. But no, uh, yeah. So I, I appear on the Total Stones podcast. Um, they've they've got three people in the in the lineup: um, Steve Grant, Adam Leach, and Lucy Heinet. And if if they're available, I don't get called up. I'm I'm like a I'm not Wesley Hoyt really. You know. <laughs> The first choice is available, then uh, you know, then I'm 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 sent online to Antwerp or somewhere. But uh, uh, yeah, so so I'm on there occasionally, um, and yeah, the the blog itself, uh, League One minus ten. Just Google that, and you'll you'll find that. Um, I spat a lot of rubbish on Twitter as well, um, and uh, yeah, always a pleasure to be on here, young sir. Great stuff. And really, uh, thanks a lot for everybody in the comments this evening. And uh, do tune in Saturday morning tomorrow. We'll be on Voice FM Radio 103.9 or just uh, check it out on TuneIn Radio around the world to wake up with a pre-match uh, predictions and etc. But Glenn, great stuff. Good speech. And uh, thanks for joining us all one right, and all. There you have it, and that was our Southampton versus Chelsea ugly inside uncut big match build-up show. But that is pretty much full time from us. Then, what did you make of my James Old Jones impression? I'm not usually that deep as a, an error, I think, on my bit rates on my microphone. But I won't bore you with the details. But there we go, uh, something to remember next time. But hey, thanks so much then for joining us. Uh, I'd be great to hear from you. How do you think we should be lining up against Chelsea? And tell me uh, how and where you are listening around the world. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in about a week or so after the international break. But for now, it is about full time from me and up the Saints.